0: So We're going to be setting up some chairs and stuff now, and uh, I'm going to get out of the way or get killed. So, Introducing you this morning, the three people we're going to be talking to today about this as we wrap up up the series is going to be my wife, who you guys are aware, I think, of her testimony and the role that forgiveness has played, but really felt like we needed something else uh, in this today. What we needed was, you know, we talked about forgiving others for something they did, you know, years ago or weeks ago or moments ago. We talked about forgiving ourselves. Last Sunday and Easter, we talked about you know, um, being forgiven by God. But we there's this one thing we really haven't touched on yet that's so vital, and that is what, you know, Dina's story is it happened years ago, time to digest a time to process a time to heal from it, and now there's this life that continues from it. But what do you do when the wound happened 10 minutes ago and you're pretty sure it's going to happen again 10 minutes from now? It's not 10 years. It's 10 days. And, and the ongoing offense, the ongoing hurt, usually this dynamic is in work, it's in family, it's in marriage, uh, it's in divorce. What do you do when... You know, I did nothing wrong, and my spouse cheated on me, left, and now is, you know, hiring lawyers and, and just a terrorist. How do, I, how do I keep my heart clean on that? What do I do when the family business broke up? Or grandma died, and all the kids are fighting over the money, and I had to see them at my, my cousin's wedding. What do, you, what do you do? And forgiveness is not something you had to do, but something you have to do. In the continual tense, and there's nobody that I know that has better processed this, better thought this through, and now authored a, a book and speaks about it. And uh, would you welcome uh, this morning my wife and Mike and Terry Miller? Where are they? Here they are. As they come up this morning, they're going to serve as our panel today, and we're excited about that. You sit there, baby. I sit here, according to Chris Dobeck, and then Terry and Mike. I'll sit over there. So, um, utter respect. I just got to tell you, first of all, the respect that we have as the weekends uh, and the respect that we have as a church for them is just immeasurable. It's immense. It's, it's big. Am I doing something wrong, Jason? Okay, you need another microphone? Oh, Dina needs a mic. That's what it is. Okay. So um, on the screen behind me, there's a phone number. That's a number that you can text in any questions you have. As we've been talking about forgiveness, some of you guys are like, well, you answered a bunch of questions that I haven't asked. Could you answer this one? And today's kind of a, that hopeful we can kind of put a cherry on this thing and bring it to a, a conclusion. Whether we can or we can't, we're in no hurry. How many you guys are, are enjoying this like a deep tissue massage? It, it's, it's great. It's killing me, but I, I kind of feel better when I'm done. You made the mention that some people have been like, hey, I'm just not going to be there Sunday. I just... It's just getting too hard to talk about it. It's not something that happened 10 years ago. It happened 10 minutes ago, and it's gonna happen again. And I I don't wanna talk anymore about how I'm not right with God if I'm not forgiving that SOB who's hurting me. You know what I mean? So, but today we're gonna get, I think, into the practice of how to walk in mercy, the right biblical uh, mindset. And uh, so we're really excited to have you guys here today. So can you just give us a, a 90 second? What qualifies you today? What life experiences do you have that... You can talk about ongoing, living in a merciful mindset in the midst of great opposition. Who wants to take that one?
1: (laughs) I'll start with saying, uh, be careful what you ask for. Because I asked the Lord and the cry of my heart for many years was, I want to know you more. I want to know your love. And I want to see people like you, see them." And I didn't know what was going to happen as a result. I don't know if it's a result, but... Boy, did I ever come to a place where I learned what the love of God looks like and how to see people through God's love differently than I had before. And so the grace and the love that comes from the Father, that is the only thing that can enable me or qualify me to forgive and be graceful.
0: Yeah. Now, Mike, I know you were involved in the situation. We're going to leave the situation fairly vague, I think, today. Uh, because it's, it, we don't want anybody to be affected by this other than blessed by this. But you, you watched as a person, um, uh, you watched the dynamics of your wife's world affect her negatively, people that were treating her unfair. Unjustly, that, that had to just absolutely enrage you in some way. So it's, it's one thing, you punch me, I feel it, it hurts, but you just invoke the bear, mama bear, right? Someone, someone hurts me, I go, ouch, that hurts. Someone hurts my wife, I, I just wanna find the machete and their address, you know what I mean? That's, that's my first reaction. It's not my, it's not my end reaction, because I still haven't been caught, I'm not in prison yet, so. But, uh, but I, well, you just gotta learn how to hide the machete. But the, the uh, so you, you sat back, in some ways, you are involved in it, indirectly, indirectly, any, any thoughts on like what qualifies you now through all of that? What do you, why do you have something to say to people? Like how did you handle that watching that, that spectator seat?
2: Well, I think the first thing that I would say is that everyone in here is qualified to answer that question hmm. because everyone in here is human. And part of that humanness is giving yourself the grace, number one, to have emotion. Because how many of us have ever felt bad for having a negative emotion? I used to beat myself up all the time about that. And over time, uh, the Lord really helped me understand that emotions were something that I could feel, that I had to process, and that they weren't necessarily in charge. Because say that
0: again. What's not in charge? The emotions. Okay. So I'm allowed to feel them... But they're so not allowed to lead my reaction. Right. Okay.
2: Right. Um, because I get the mama bear thing, uh, because I have a very strong sense of right and wrong and justice, yeah. in, in my heart, and I have a lot of emotions. People that know me well don't always know that because it's hidden pretty well. But um, I uh, I've, I've dealt with anger a lot in my life, and. Um, I would say that over time, the Lord helped me realize that what I felt wasn't necessarily representative of my standing before him. And I, I had a decision to make. And standing by and watching certain things happen to my wife, having certain things happen, happen to me, um, from people we knew. Uh, over a long period of time, very difficult, no doubt about it, very difficult, and it was something that, you know, you want to respond to, you can't respond to, and and the overarching thing in all of that is, um, you want to be obedient to the Lord, you want to have a testimony, Uh, you want to act in a way that's pleasing to Him, but yet there's this injustice right that continues and it's difficult to say I, I forgive you and then to continue say I forgive you because you know of the disciples thought he had it right when he said hey Jesus I think I get this so you say to forgive but uh, up to seven times a day right and of course Jesus in his uh, usual response uh, says well actually up to seventy times seven Hmm. It's like, oh, crud, I thought I had it, <laughs> you know, and um, that's that's an amazing amount of forgiveness. Yeah, in, in, Infinite. And that's in one day. That that would be like yeah. the same thing every day, like 490 times.
0: Now, one of the dynamics of your situation is that no one was asking for forgiveness. They, from their position, they were saying, I'm right, you're wrong, it doesn't matter what my attitude is, you're subservient to me, you're right. So... It's one thing when someone says 490 times, 70 times seven, I'm sorry, but when they never say I'm sorry and it goes on for years, that's an extra burden to carry. You're forgiving someone who looks in the mirror and sees a clean conscience and then looks at you and sees a slave. Like, how do you, how do you, I guess guess what I need to hear today and I, I, I think everybody does, like, how? Like, we know that you should forgive I don't know that we know how to. Like, is there any tricks you learned through the, not tricks, but promises you stood on? Maybe tricks is too carnal, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what, give me something. As soon as this happened, I went to these three things. Is there such a thing, or was it just a natural occurrence?
1: Well, I can say early on for us, for years, um, in the culture that we were at, we didn't forgive. Hmm. Because we didn't know we needed to forgive. Because in the culture we were in, you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't articulate a pain or a wrong. So, in order to forgive something, you have to realize that it's there. I was in a position where I just felt bad about myself all the time. Mm-hmm. I was doing things, I just felt like I was doing this wrong and I had wrong motives here and my heart was hard and I was stiff necked and, you know, I was, you know, whatever it was, I felt like that was on me. And so, for years, I didn't forgive. Yeah. Because I didn't know I needed to, I just felt bad about myself. But then the Lord kind of opened, you know, kind of picked our chins up and took us to some healthy places, some healthy voices where we could hear what was healthy. This is not the way that we respect one another. This is not the way we love one another. And so then we could be able to say, okay, now I have this offense. I have this thing that happened to me. And what am I gonna do with that thing? Now I can look at it now I can forgive because I know it's a thing. Before, I just felt bad about myself. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but...
0: Yeah, it's almost like it's my fault that I feel bad. Yeah. Which is a downward spiral of feeling bad because it's my fault and I feel bad. Yeah,
1: and And if you're in an abusive situation, if you an abusive spouse or, you know, parents (laughs) that are abusive, you know, you don't necessarily early on know what that is. But anyway, um, so now that you can look at that thing, you know, you just... um, for me, it's, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's a, I'm in the word, I know the truth about forgiveness. I know what God is calling me to do. I think the thing that has helped that you guys have brought up a lot is what forgiveness is not. So forgiveness yeah. isn't saying that I don't have emotion with this or forgiveness isn't saying that this thing that happened to me is wrong. That's not forgiveness. I can say it's wrong, it hurt me, I can look at it for what it is, like Dina so well did. I mean, she told us the story. It's grievous, it hurt me, this is what happened. She's honest about it. So she can look at that thing, but then she can say, but what does God want me to do with that? And what does God tell us to do? He says, love me and love your neighbor as you love myself, yourself. And I want to be forgiven, and I know how much God has forgiven me, and so I want to walk in freedom that they don't owe me anymore for that thing. Doesn't mean I'm going to stay there and let them hit me again. Right. I'm not going to do that. But I don't have to have them. They don't owe me. I can let them go.
0: Right. That kind of, there's a question that came in, I think, really in response to that. It says, can you love someone, forgive them as they actively sin against you, and separate yourself from them? At, at what point is it okay to say, I love you, I tried, and I'm done? Like, does that point ever come in a relationship, in a business, church, marriage, friendship, family, I, I love you, I
2: tried, and, I, and I'm done? Mike, you got a thought? Well, like everything in the Christian life, you know, it's a balance. And, you know, to just be maybe disrespected or, or hurt, offended the first time and check out, uh, there's an immaturity to that, unless it's just a gross um, transgression um, but there's there's a lot of maturity in you know believing the best, thinking the best, yeah. hoping the best, you know as it talks about in first Corinthians thirteen and doing that to a point where if if you're truly i think seeking the Lord, humbling yourself and telling God that you want to do what he wants you to do uh, i'm not saying present yourself as a punching bag number one yeah but but the Lord does develop our character in difficult circumstances.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think he will clearly speak to you and let you know when it is a situation that you just need to be out of. I know in the business world, I've I've experienced that several times where a company that I have joined and enjoyed working at completely changed. And the company that I left is not the company that I joined. And you just have to decide what that looks like. Yeah. And I've done that a couple of times. It's not easy. Um, it, it's an ongoing thing where all, the things, all of a sudden things are starting to change. And they're not getting better. They're getting worse in spite of the fact that I'm hoping that it would get better. You know, that the executive leadership will, you know, finally see things my way. <laughs> the right way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, um, you know, you fix it. Yeah. But it doesn't get better. It gets worse. And there's just continued... You know. I
0: think one of the things that surprises people is when you point out that Jesus said, turn the other cheek. We know that one. Forgive so many times that we know that one. But, but now match his words with his life. There, there's no difference, but there's an expression that you need to understand. You know, forgive 490 times a day. Turn the other cheek when you're struck. But the same Jesus who said that did not entrust himself to every man. He had he had three. He had one that was really close, John. He had three, Peter, James, and John that had a, a different level of relationship. He had 12 that had a different level of relationship. Had 120 that had less relationship. He had multitudes that had less relationship. He separated himself from the Pharisees quite often, Sadducees quite often. So just because, it, like you're saying, when he says turn the other cheek and forgive, doesn't mean be a victim. <laughs> of all mankind, there, you have a right to choose who is inside your circle of trust, you know what I mean, to quote Robert De Niro, and, and outside your circle of trust. Sometimes people don't belong this close to your heart, and when that time comes, it's okay to separate yourself in a biblical and a godly way, right? When, when it came time to separate yourself from the, the circumstances that we're discussing today, that's a big decision, especially when you've kind of felt, like you felt bad for feeling bad for being treated bad, you know what I mean? Now you're, it's almost like leaving a polygamous mismarriage or something, right? It's almost like leaving a, like it's a divorce of some sort where you're, you're coming to a place where it's okay now to be done. What did that feel like? And what, what brought you to that place, right? It was it we tried a thousand times, we forgave 490 times, and it's just never gonna change, so we feel released? Or, or what, what's that look like? Who wants to answer that one? What's that look like?
2: I've got a quick comment then I know Terry has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, for us, being in that scenario, uh, and I'm going to steal something that she might have been thinking about to say, but she, she put it really well when she said that, you know, there just wasn't grace any longer to be in that scenario. And, and I think the Lord does give mm-hmm. us grace. It doesn't mean it's easy, but there's grace to stay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's not. And he made it very clear to us as we sought him and asked him, you know, what do you want us to do? So it
0: wasn't pain-caused reaction? Pain-caused reaction, That was mercy, 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 and then all of a sudden it's like, this isn't my child, I'm babysitting somebody else's kid. This doesn't, this isn't mine anymore to carry. This is, right. I'm free? Was it a liberating, I'm free, or was it a sad, I I wish we could have turned that around, or what was your emotions then?
2: I'll just say real quick that the mercy continued throughout all of that, and and in the process of leaving the scenario that we were in, uh, we wanted to do it well, we wanted to, uh, do it in a way that people were honored, that grace was maintained from right. our part, because that's all we're responsible for.
0: Right. Didn't cause disunity, didn't raise a stink, didn't get on social media and start start saying things, right? Terry, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, it was very difficult for me. Um, it was kind of a two sides of a coin. The, on the one side, I knew that God was calling us to something different. Mm-hmm. I knew that he had something for us. But my mentality with regards to leaving a church was that you don't ever leave. You yeah. God calls you to a church, you stay there, you raise your kids, and you die there. <laughs> so that was that was honestly my perspective. That's what I thought was the right thing to do. Yeah. So to even consider leaving and I loved it there. I loved yes. the people, yeah. I received so much. So many memories I had and, grown there. Yeah. My kids had grown there. Um, yeah. just so much good yeah. that came from my time there. So the you know the to leave those people was you know grievous to me and even extra grievous because I knew that when you left that church you didn't have relationship with those people anymore.
0: Right. Wasn't allowed like right? you so, could.
1: Like yeah. like these guys do. Like here, yeah. if I yeah. left and I got called to something else, you guys would call and say, how's it how's it going? Yeah. But in where I was at you couldn't do that. Right. So it was grievous for me to consider it, but I knew that God was calling us to something different. And I needed a. I need. I said, God, I need a two by four over the head. You got to give me a two by because I got to know that you are in this and that I'm not, you know, that I'm not leaving because I'm offended and that I'm not leaving for the wrong reasons and that it's okay to leave. And um, I listened that week to a message by T.D. Jakes. I listen to him all the time. And uh, this message was "Don't die in the nest." And it talked mm-hmm. about how God will take you to a place and it's a good place and about how you grow in that place. But then, like the eagle, um, will turn those branches inside and kind of crowd that that baby out so it'll fly. And so that message for me was, you know, it's time for you to leave this nest and go somewhere else that I have for you. Yeah. So then I had peace, and I knew that God was calling us. But that began a process of a year or two, where there were broken relationships and broken Mm. hearts. And that. I remember. I remember that was being in
0: like open houses and everybody get together and be like, "Oh, this weird funeral slash wedding slash family reunion slash if I get caught here, I'm in trouble." It was weird. I remember going like, "Huh? Those people really like each other, and they're not allowed to, or something." It was it was strange. And
1: at that point, I had to forgive hourly. Yeah, I would feel hurt, and I would just say, "I like literally hourly," and then I'd go, "Oh, I didn't think about that today. I'm gonna have you know," and then it would be daily. Yeah. And then it would be weekly.
0: Yeah. And just became, forgiveness became the default setting. Yeah. Babe, I got a question for you. And I think after you're done answering me, they can too. But boundaries, your, your relationship with your, with your brother, now you're an adult and you're married and the molestation has stopped. The, but your family dynamics are still, you know, very very unhealthy. And you've had to create boundaries as your parents move into kind of the dependent years. Hey, we need this, we need that. You never, you always, the guilt manipulation, they're trying to. Talk talk a little about healthy boundaries. Like, when when you have unhealthy people that you're related to or in relationship with, it's mandatory. How did you create the boundaries that you now have? Uh, How Would you get that idea from what gave you permission to say no? You know, that kind of stuff.
3: Uh, Well, I think I'm in a much different circumstance than so many people because my brother does live in Oklahoma. So, that makes things a little bit, you know, when you don't have to see them every day or at every holiday or every whatever. But... um, I guess I would go back to when our boys were younger and just, they were always welcome to be around my brother but never without supervision right. or never without um, one of us being there. So forgiveness the- doesn't
0: equal trust. Those no. are two completely different things. Yes. Trust yeah. has to be built over a long season of trustworthy behavior. Not seeing that, you, you, you reconciled, you know, unforgiveness was not an issue. But trust was, you didn't have trust and it's okay. So in other words, having a relationship doesn't, you don't have to have complete trust to forgive somebody or complete forgiveness to trust somebody. Those are separate issues, right? Correct. Yeah, and now I'm going with your parents as they're getting older and they're still trying to kind of pull the strings. You never, you always. What, what are some of the healthy boundaries you've created around your heart so that you can still be in a relationship with mom and dad and not resent them um, for it?
3: Well, I think one of the best things that I ever did was I allowed you to leave me in that area Hmm. it was say that again I just want to hear it It It's great (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, it was one of those things where I would uh, either spend time with my parents or on the phone or and it always came back to I was a bad person and I was like Terry was saying I just always felt bad that I'm not doing enough I can't be enough I just I'm failing at everything and I would get off the phone and just for days it would be like on a nose dive and Um, I remember you just one day saying you're not allowed to talk to them anymore and I said what and he's like when you talk to them it affects our whole family it affects it affects church it affects everything because it puts you in such a um, spiraling down not believing in who God called you to be the things God called you to do and you know at first I was like you don't tell me who I can talk to You know, and um, I just remember little by little just starting to say, okay, maybe you're right in this. And, yeah. and it's not a, you don't tell me like, no, but you know, it's a, please don't. It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. It just makes you right. feel worse. It makes them and, sicker,
0: it makes you sicker.
2: Yeah.
3: And um, you know, God gave me my husband as my covering, as my protector, as my, um, and when I don't allow him to do that for me, I am missing out on one of God's greatest blessings He ever gave me. And, uh-huh. um, yeah. and I mean, I will say along those lines, that because I did that, that allowed God to use you to bring lots of healing to my life and um, to show me what forgiveness looks like and everything. So, mm-hmm. I think healthy boundaries. Are letting those people that god put in our life to protect us that's a good word. allowing them to protect us yeah, instead word. of thinking yeah. we have to do it ourselves yeah. because ladies um it's if you're married i know god has given you your husband to protect you um man i just opened a whole can of worms didn't i
0: no you can say it
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah i did yeah. um but i know that there's some terrible stories in this room where husbands have passed, and I would just say God is there to protect you. Yeah. God is your covering. And, um, you know, I think the enemy likes to make us feel bad when we set boundaries up. And that's just that's a lie. God, God doesn't want us to continually put ourselves into abusive situations. Yeah. And, um, so thank
0: you for I, being my boundary. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm the Great Wall of Weekend when it comes to you, I, uh, no problem. You guys, want I add anything to that? Like, what were your thoughts?
2: I wholeheartedly agree with, with what you did because yeah. I wanted to say that uh, as a husband, and it came to the point in our relationship where we were at that there wasn't enough air in the room in the atmosphere for Terry to breathe, you know, it's like, I wanted to put the oxygen mask on her first. Hmm. And when it got to that point, and I saw it really aspe- uh, affecting her spiritually, I-, I said, I don't have to pray about that. You know, I'm, I'm out, we're done. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna stand by and, and watch that. And I think that's God's heart, because you know, I-, I know that there are a lot of people in this room that are hurting and have been through much horrible things than, than what we're talking about. Um, and this is for you, too, because God wants you to know that you have value, and he wants, to know, he wants you to know that it's OK to be the human being that he made you to be. And he uses everything. I remember a message you preached many, many years ago that God yeah. does not waste. And he uses even the most horrible things that, that happens in our lives. Mm-hmm. And there, there's grace there. There's just always grace. He doesn't leave us in those scenarios. It feels like it. Man, it feels like it. Uh, Because coming to church, having a relationship with God, is the most intimate thing that you'll ever do without a doubt because you're opening up not only your mind, your heart, but you're opening up your soul, your spirit, the essence of everything that you are and you want to be before your Creator. That is the most yeah. intimate thing that you could do. So when you come here on a Sunday morning, this is very, very intimate in the sense that, that you are furthering your relationship with the one who made you. And I just was thinking as we were talking here, Jesus understands being hurt by those who are in positions of authority and spiritual leadership. Because when you think about it, who were the people right. that led the cheers to crucify him? The pharisees these were the people who were in charge of quote unquote the church then and he said father forgive them because they don't know what they're doing but, but these were the people that hurt him the most and he said forgive them and obviously the scenario that he was in was an example and as a sacrifice to cover our sins but you know i just wanted to say and as we were praying about coming you know one of the things that i prayed <clears throat> and maybe people are going to hear this and aren't here because I agree with you. There are probably people who did not come today yeah. because it's very, very difficult. And spiritual abuse is it's, it's very nebulous. Um, some people think it doesn't exist. Some people think that it's just offense. Some people think that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You just need to get over it and you need to get under it because you're in rebellion, you know, you're, uh, hmm. you're stiff-necked, you know, whatever else. And um, I, I would just say that th- that's a great spiritual band-aid to put over a really, really bad hurt and that just doesn't work. But God sees it and he wants to heal it. And you know, I had a friend a mentor uh, spiritually many, many years ago and before he was a Christian some of his friends who were Christians were witnessing to him and his excuse for not going to church was he said, "I don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. yeah that's not true. There's always room for one more. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what he said to him, and the way that he said it was, he goes, "Well, Frank, you might be right, but do you want to go to church with him or burn in hell with him?" <laughs> and it's like that's rough, but you know what? <laughs> the point is, what are you going to do? Yeah you know, because this is the body of Christ, we're all broken, yeah. we're all going to hurt each other, right. We're all going to get offended, and you know what? If I left the church every time I got offended, I'd need a revolving door in the front. Yeah. You know, I I, I really would. Somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, i I can be offensive, and I'm sure I've offended people. If I forget. Everybody's here. I apologize.
0: <laughs> hey, we got a couple other questions, and our time's running out. And I want to ask one myself, but <clears throat> there was one I want to address before we leave, and that was someone had the courage to say, "I'm a combat veteran," and and I, how do I? How do I forgive the people that fought against me in combat? Let me just say this to whoever wrote that. First of all, thank you so much for your service. Um, I'm so glad you're safe. I'm so glad you're home, and we honor you as a congregation. Second thing I'd say is this. It's impossible to teach you to shoot a human being. Everything that got put inside of us says don't do that. And so you'll notice in the history of... Warfare—they have to be Nazis or Japs or Gooks or Skinnies, or right. Ha- In other words, they're not Somalians; they're Skinnies. They're not. And part of that is the dehumanizing process that is necessary to prepare men for war. Um, I, th- that's not to say that's right or wrong; it's to say that is. So you're you're prepared for combat because that's how you win wars. People throw more lead this direction than the people throwing it this direction, and people die. Um, first of all, Romans 13 says that those who have authority have been given authority by God. Talking about the civil authorities, such as the United States government that sent you to war. that, that this is, The authority doesn't bear the sword in vain. Now, the sword being the primary infantry weapon of a Roman soldier, so that would be the M16 today or something of that nature. So when you were sent to war to fight a war, I would say this. It is horrible because you weren't created to take a life. It's horrible because you weren't created to dodge bullets of your enemy. It was horrible because they were never supposed to be dehumanized, and they were. But there's only one thing more horrible than war, and that's allowing Hitler just to go over Europe and nobody stopping him. To allow things to happen that are unchecked. As a righteous nation, we have to do righteous things. Some of those things are very costly, very otherworldly. But I would say this, that those who fought against you were trained as you were trained. They were trained to hate you as you were trained to dehumanize them. Um, but I'd say this, whatever your circumstances, unless you're still on active combat duty, special forces, let me say this to you. Your war is now over. And we're grateful for what you did and we're so sorry that you had to do it. But, but now it's done. Welcome home. Um, let God work on those pieces of your heart that were trained and programmed for warfare. Your war's now done. Let God train your heart for peace. Let God train your heart. Um, forgive yourself if there's any guilt in, in you, from that experience, um, I think you heard in the room, I didn't say, no, let's all clap for our veterans. We, You're not a zero. In this room, you're a hero. And in your nation, for the most part, you're a hero. And those who don't stand behind our troops are more than welcome to stand in front of our troops. And you'll, you'll find that they stop talking uh, when they say that. Two last questions is, is this. It um, uh, had to do with... Uh, Healthy boundaries in that. that. I forgive you. Does the statement, I forgive you, have to be spoken to the person that hurt you, or can, can you just say it to God? Can you just say it out loud? Does it, do you have to go to somebody, I forgive you? Like, I know sometimes, like in your situation, if you had gone to somebody and said, listen, we're, we're gonna be stepping out, but we want you to know we forgive you, that would have started a war and not, not created peace, right? Well, you're not released, you're not allowed to go. So do you have to say, or is it okay just to in your heart say, I forgive that? Because sometimes... It's somebody that's dead. We can't say, I forgive you. We can stand over their grave and say it as an empathetic exercise, but sometimes saying it would cause more war sometimes. So what are, your, what are your thoughts? You have to say, I forgive you, and they have to say thank you, or, or can you have closure without those words?
1: I would say no. You don't have to. I mean, I haven't. Yeah. I would love a situation where I could, where there was reconciliation. Wouldn't it be My great? heart... Yeah. I think when you fully forgive and when you're filled with the love of God and God's done a mature work in your heart, your, your hope is for reconciliation. Yeah. That we don't have to agree, we don't have to maintain relationship, but we can be at peace with one another, yes. we can love one another, we can speak well of each other, yeah. and I think it would be weird if I went to some people and said, I forgive you, because they'd be like, for what? You know, you, you need to apologize to me, which I would. I'm sure I've done stuff. Yeah. I would apologize. But, you know, I would say that you don't have to. Um, and sometimes you probably shouldn't.
0: Yeah, sometimes it would stir up more torrents than yeah. it
2: puts down. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: a freedom, and it's you're free in here, yeah. and you're letting them go, and you're trusting God to deal with the situation. Yeah. It's up to him. Right, He'll do that.
0: Okay. Lightning round question. 30 seconds to answer each, and all three of you are going to answer, okay? What advice do you give to somebody right now that's dealing with this? And it could be marriage. It could be business. It could be family. It could be... But I, I got to forgive every day. 30 seconds of advice. Last parting shot. Before, when they're going to leave here today, they're going to hear your words. No pressure. Life and death. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Jesus. <laughs> That's always the right answer. I know. I know we're in church. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but, but really, Jesus, because un, unless you're hanging on to him yeah. um, with, with both hands and with all your heart, you, you can't hang on to anything else, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's... Um, the yeah. desire, sometimes overwhelming desire, you know, for vengeance. Uh, I, I get that. Um, but the answer really is in him because he's the one that's going to heal your heart. He's the one that's going to give you grace. He's the one that's going to use what's happened to you in you. He's going to give you the tools to comfort someone else who's in that same situation. He doesn't waste anything. And you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong with that. Right.
1: I think I would say um, to p- try to put yourself into the other people 's
0: shoes isn 't that hard, but isn 't that good? think from their perspective,
1: yeah. you know I think of things that happened with my dad that weren't they weren 't terrible, but they were needs that were unmet in me and yeah. things that I had to deal with that I thought about myself because of my relationship with my dad yeah. and then I talked to my mom about his relationship with his mom and about his childhood and yeah. You know, if you can think about, it doesn't excuse bad behavior, but it sure does help your heart to understand. It it explains
0: it. It doesn't excuse it, but it does explain it. Right, and
1: you can have, you can maybe love them through it. What if you could love them through it and help them get healed?
0: Yeah, right on. Sister babe.
3: Um, Well, I have two things. First off is, um, I like what Terry said, because that's one thing that helped me to um, forgive my brother was knowing um, well, not knowing, but believing believing that yeah. he was being molested himself, and that what was being done to him was he was acting out on me, oh, yeah. and um, now I just have pity on him whenever I think about him and how many years he 's gone through life with that secret and um, so I would definitely say that, but I also want to say. Um, Mike and Terry, when you guys were going through all of this, I remember going to dinner with you guys one night and um, sitting in our driveway. And I did as I normally do. I sit quietly throughout the whole evening until I go to get out of the car, and I just looked at them. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, "Um, I am so excited for you guys. I know you can't see it now, but your best days are ahead of you, and God's only got good for you. And I remember thinking, Mike's going to hit me (laughs) because, you know, I don't think he was quite ready to hear those words. But um, just looking at you guys now and the things that God has done, and I just remember coming in the house and him saying, well, what do you think? Are they going to make it? And I said, I don't know, but I tell you one thing. If they do, I feel bad for that enemy because he has just given them a voice that's going to change the kingdom and i think that's exactly what has done you guys have persevered you have forgiven your book talks all about the this is the how we did it this is the what we did it's an amazing book and i think it's just a tool for god to use to get glory for something that the enemy meant for harm and so for every one of you out there that's you know walking this line and do i forgive don't i forgive let me tell you forgive because this is what happens your best days are ahead of you they are not behind you god is for you he's not against you he has a call on your life and i know man i feel like the enemy's tried to destroy that for years but man your best days are ahead of both of you and the things he's got for each and every one of you so man
0: i hope you brought a lot of copies of the book today i think it's gonna yeah go well the death of a church lady is the name of it right Give us 30 seconds. What's the book about? I assume it's your journey, but I, and I've read it, so I know the answer to the question. But...
1: Yeah, the book is about the very difficult situation that I went through, but the healing and the freedom that God brought as a result of that difficult situation.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, guys, as we close out our time today, I just, I've been reminded by our tech department to tell you that tomorrow um, we're going to be doing a podcast that is going to have a lot of questions we didn't get to, so all the questions will be answered tomorrow that were not answered today. On the podcast, and uh, we'll take a rip at those things, and from this service and the next. Let's just do this right now. Would you just would you close your eyes as we kind of prepare to leave the room and head back to our lives? Father, I pray that today you would help us, God, to see that nothing is worth unforgiveness. Nothing is worth drinking poison and expecting our enemies to die. Nothing, nothing can come from my holding on to the pain. And look how many great things can happen when we let you ease our pain, carry our pain, lead us through the fires, God. And I just thank you for the Millers and Dina and their stories today and how they've encouraged and I believe changed the perspective, brought to the surface things that that need to go away. So give us courage now. Give us courage now to let it go. And I just want to encourage you guys to do this with your heads bowed your eyes closed today. If, if you need to just, again, one more time, it's funny, Terry said, I think it was minute by minute, and then it was day by day, and then it was week by week, and she, I haven't thought, thought about that in a few days. Literally, it starts with a choice and with a decision, and it continues out from the choice and the decision. Your feelings will follow your faith. If you have faith in what somebody's done to you, your feelings will follow that. If you have faith in what God has done for you, your feelings will follow that. I'm not saying in 30 seconds. I'm saying... In, in 30 years, in 30 days, the, these things begin to change. We did a series on neuroplasticity by taking thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. They no longer get to, to guide your, your thought life, your heart life, your fears, your, your dreams. Like these things can be muted and God's voice can be amplified as, as you listen to him today. So I, I just encourage you right now as you're sitting here, you got a tough situation, just, just tell God, I'm gonna walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm not gonna fear a bit of evil because you're with me. I like Mike's answer. Give me 30 seconds of what it is that, you know, just what's the last advice? He just said Jesus. Like I, that's brilliant. That, we could have stood up and just said that and gone to Denny's, right? So here and now, you make your choice. Only when it happens again, you make your choice. There's vengeance that's needed. God will do it for you. Vengeance is mine. He says, I will repay. But how many you guys know there was, a, there was a justice God was about to bring down in Israel, and Moses stood between God and Israel and said, if you're going to kill them, you've got to kill me too. <laughs> Crazy. Paul said the same thing. These people are trying to kill him. The Jews, he goes, God, if you're going to kill him, you've got to kill me first. Real love, true love actually, actually can take blows and defend those that are, that are hurting them. So that, that's a long ways from where we are sometimes, but that's the goal. Be, have enough with Jesus that you got enough for your enemies, too. So God, bless us as we make our choices today. And we thank you for this, this family, this couple, um, these stories that encourage us and inspire us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. My wife's going to uh, pronounce a blessing over you, and she just found out that. So I'm going to go back to the back room. I'm not going to make eye contact with her because I have no idea what she's doing right now. But uh, be at the back door.
3: Wow. I can set some boundaries up for you, you know. Sorry, Beth. Um, just while I was setting up here um, when he was praying, I just want to declare that over you guys, too, that, man, some of you making the decision to forgive or not to forgive, make the decision, because what the enemy is meant for harm, God wants to bring glory to. And he not only wants to do that, but he wants to use you to set other people free. Some of you are looking at people around you wanting them to find freedom, and God's saying you find freedom and lead them in that freedom and everything. So. Don't be sitting up here thinking, oh, it's just for Terry Miller or Mike Miller. It's for you sitting out there. I believe this church is full of pioneers that we're learning to walk new things out. Some of you have books that are to be written. Some of you have classes to be taught. Some of you have I don't even know what, but God's got goodness for each and every one of you in this room, so don't let it get caught up on somebody else dictating your future because God wants to dictate your future, amen? So God, I just thank you this morning for what you're doing, Father. I just pray for each person sitting in this room. I pray that you would make it clear the plans that you have for them, God, that as we let go of one thing that I know it feels like we're not really sure what we're grabbing onto, but what we're doing is letting go of the offense that we can grab onto your hand and let you hold us and take us and lead us and guide us and direct us. So, Father, I just pray that right now over this room, I pray for your spirit to rise up in each and every one of us as we would boldly let go to hold on to you, Father. So right now, I just ask it in Jesus' name for your sweet peace to fill this room, for you to do what only you can do, Father God, that you would show us what forgiveness looks like in our own lives, Father. And I just thank you for every person in this room, sons and daughters, prodigals coming home, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Altar workers, if you want to come forward, we would love that. If you need prayer for anything, the altar workers are up here. If not, go and grab a book out there from Terry and um, stop by the resource center. I'll be there as well. Talk to you guys soon. Hey,
0: guys, let's thank our panel one more time, can't we?